Well, 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 welcome to another edition of Banditland Boulevard. I'm, of course, one of your co-hosts, Trevor Hauer. And across from me, via the Zoom platform, we have Tony LaMonica, a.k.a. Boxhead98TL. You know what, Tony? How does it feel that a team in Buffalo is going to the finals? Because that's exactly what your Buffalo Bandits are going or that's where they're going. They're going to the finals. Game one is this Saturday. A huge game two victory over our little brother in the Toronto Rock. And the Bandits win and clinch their spot in the finals with a big 10-9. to And once again, nail-biting victory over the Toronto Rock. How does it feel to go back to the championship for twice in a span of two seasons, I believe? Yes, sir. It's a great feeling indeed. But of course, I have no nails. They were biting towards the end of that last game. I got I, I, I got bare skin for how nervous it was, how they were fighting back towards the end and especially had to review that last goal. But yeah. my God, what a relief that time was on our side. And the thing that I also caught, too, and I'm sure a lot of people are also asking me, hey, Tony, what? What was the reason why they said, well, the game clock kind of ran out and again, they didn't run the clock with that last minute of play. They ran the shot clock, but they didn't run the play clock for That's like right. four seconds. So if people are wondering, well, why did they say, well, you ran out of time. So the goal doesn't count, even though the screen showed like 0.3, 0.4 seconds left on the clock when the goal clearly crossed in. So to those of you who didn't see the last minute, the time of the game did not run. The shot clock did. So that's the reason why they had to look back. Uh, took them a while to look back. And they said, well, unfortunately, due to circumstances for the staff on board, they didn't run the clock. So time was on our side for that. Otherwise, we would have been going to overtime and deciding uh, game number two to see if they were to come back to Buffalo for game three. But again, the outcome came time ran out. We became victorious. We ended up winning 10 to nine and a nail biting game. Oh, I had no voice after that, but I do yeah. now. And I represented very well on my vacation. Just so you know, <laughs> I was definitely wearing the orange and black down in Florida to let them all know, like, why is he wearing Halloween colors? That's because we're going to the ship once again, baby. Let's yep. go. Going back to the show and, uh, you know, rubbing it in all those Orlando Titan fans' heads. Remember that? Remember that team that used to be around oh down there in Orlando? Moving from <laughs> New York to Orlando. But like we said in the preview show, it didn't have to be pretty, and it really wasn't. I mean, it was low scoring through mm. almost that entire game. Then the floodgates started to open in the second in the second half. But it wasn't pretty, but you know what? The job was done. And got it. also, the Bandits are coming off of an off week, going into game one of the finals, getting extra mm-hmm. reps, relaxing a little bit, giving time to recover any minor injuries that may have occurred through during the series that we don't know about. So, because due to the fact that Colorado and San Diego went to a game three, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that on our preview episode of game one of the finals, like the winner takes all type of thing. But mm-hmm. this game, like I said, very low scoring it was it started to look like a look like a hockey score real quick. Like I got confused two to one after one. Are we watching a Sabres and Leafs game or are we watching a Bandits and Rock game? Like I really had no idea what we were watching. And then in the second quarter, one one. That's all yep, she yep. wrote. And then if you add them together, three to two, Bandits lead at halftime. I mean, low scoring. The goaltenders were playing out of their mind. 
What did you think about Matt Vince before we start talking about Nick Rose? Because I, mean, I think Nick Rose played great, but Matt Vince was facing a lot of shots. Well, in the long run, I mean, it all came down to like a few shots less than each other. But again, both goaltenders, respectfully so, standing on their heads, trying to keep their team in the game. And again, no, the, either offense can figure out what to do to beat each goaltender. So like you said, it's like a hockey game. You got to you know, kind of like get shots from all angles. You got to like change things up and see what maybe might be a kink or um, a flaw that the goaltender is going to have in the next half. And then once they figured them out, then things are going to start opening up. And especially like you said, the second half is where it all started it because the nerves started to settle in. They were getting close to the end of the finish. Like the bandits were saying, okay, we're almost there. We almost have a chance to close this up and we can move on to the finals. But Toronto saying we have to keep fighting. There's no way we can stop. There's, we got to find a way to beat Vince and either way, shot after shot, trying to figure each other out, even though they've known each other for years, but if they're on their top of their game, it is impossible to pass any goaltender on their hot streak. And especially with how Matt Vince did, he locked it down. He dialed it up. There was no way passing the brick wall, especially for Rose. You know his weaknesses, but if he locks that down and there's no way to beat him, then you got to try to figure other things. You got to maybe do the, the one-timers or you got to do up close and personal Tic-tac-toe goals. plays, yep. Yeah, and that's the only other way that you're going to beat these goaltenders. If something that you know is not working, then you have to change it up. And that's what both teams did in the second half. I definitely agree. And I think, you know, a major positive coming out of this game, other than the fact that the Bandits are going to the championship, technically in back-to-back full seasons of play, because we had that shortened 2020 season where there was no champion. So I guess you can technically say back-to-back finals appearances as far as a full season is concerned. Major positive. Another positive. Great goaltending. I hate doing this on a show with such uh, positivity like this, but the face-offs, Tony. Six for 23, the band. That's tough. That was tough. That's definitely tough. Yeah, Adler was definitely having a hard time trying to face Erlen. Erlen was obviously on point, trying to maintain control for his team, but yet again, the score says it all. If Team efforts and strategic ways don't fall in your favor, even though you win faceoffs. Look at the difference. Yeah, Adler did his thing. He battled. He didn't quit. But again, those wins are crucial, especially going into the finals this upcoming weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at the faceoffs, it looks bad. And it was bad. But at the same time, it really didn't show on the score sheet because of the solid goaltending from Matt Vince, who was star number one of Mm -hmm. game two of this series. And rightfully so as well as the great defensive play from, from a bunch of our guys, not to mention the fact that Robbie is out for the rest of the playoffs with a knee injury and Bryce Sweeting also is either nagging injury or he's completely out of the game. One of those two, I really didn't see him out there on the field at all. Um, and there's rumors saying that he's going to be 100% before game one of this. We'll talk about, you know, more about that on the preview show, but mm-hmm. missing two key guys and the defense looks like that. I have no problem with the way the defense played whatsoever, especially protecting Matt Vince is what they absolutely did. And they did that extremely well. How about another mm-hmm. positive cashing in on power play opportunities? They were very limited, but they went two for three on the power play. Yep, absolutely. Special teams was a big part of this game at the right time, at the right moments, when you know you have to maintain discipline and you have to control yourselves from not retaliating in that you, uh, the boys did so good. 
Um, obviously, the stats were uh, six penalty minutes for Buffalo, only 10 for Toronto. But as those differences of minutes, those four minutes that we needed to get the two for three, that's what counts, especially in special teams. You, you, want, you don't want to be at the penalty side looking in on elimination. If you're going to be penalty struck all day and you're like, damn, we cannot we can't get anything going, but all we're doing is getting into the box and that's just going to lower our chances and expectations to move on to the next game or round or whatever you want to call it, but you have to play with discipline. Yes, I know. Oh, especially here's a good point. I love the team togetherness, how Kyle Buchanan at the time when Dane Smith was getting torn apart in the boards and he went and he supported the top guy on the squad. He didn't care about his size. He didn't care about anything else but to protect his teammate. And I got a kudos for you, Mr. 91, Kyle Buchanan, for sticking up for 92 Dane Smith out there when it came down, where it looked like it was a big hit, but it looked bad to us. But to to them, it was like, yeah, yeah, we got their top guy. Oh, wait, who's coming out here to protect them? Kyle did immediately. He didn't even hesitate. That's what teamwork's all about, is protecting your own guys. Right on. And Toronto, in their minds, thought, hey, if we take out their their top dog, literally and figuratively, because his name is Great Dane, but mm-hmm. if we take out this top dog, there's nobody that's going to be there to retaliate. Dane Smith is mm-hmm. a giant on the field, on he the is. score sheet, and his physical size, too. No, Surely nobody's going to go come in there and protect him. If you guys mm-hmm. didn't know Kyle Buchanan was a team player before, you absolutely know that he's a team player now. The, the grit... And, you know, the fact that he really, you know, not, he didn't do anything illegal. He's standing up nope. for his, for his, for his teammate. You know, it's, it's not really retaliation via cheap shot. Mm-mm. He's sticking up for his teammate and Kyle Buchanan will, I mean, he's, he's been that kind of player his entire career, you know, team player scores goals, gets assists. He's a playmaker. He's not really a sniper like Dane Smith is, but he's a playmaker and he stands up for his boys when he has to. So he's definitely one of the fan favorites, I think for sure, coming into his first full season as a bandit. And Mm -hmm. he's really, you know, making a staple on this team. You know, 91 is underrated on the bandits. I've been trying to tell you guys in bandits mafia, don't ever sleep on Kyle Buchanan. I can link back to December before the season started, when I said, dude, Kyle Buchanan's going to be a monster on this team. Like, he's not going to be, like, the top dog like Byrne or Fraser or Dane Smith, because that's hard to – I mean, those are hard accolades to get there. But he's going to be a team player, and he's going to be underrated. He's a battler. He's a battler. He's quick. He gets to those loose balls when they need to in the offensive zone, and he creates mayhem for the defense. And that's something that I'm so glad that they did sign Kyle Buchanan this year, and he has been a great piece to the finishing puzzle to this team. And that's something that a lot of – I think Colorado, and we're like I said, we're going to get to that in another thing, but for yep. now – that was a big part of his expectations to bring to the table to the Buffalo Bandits, especially against Toronto and helping them win uh, game two in Toronto and just putting the foot to the ground and just right in the face and saying, we're not, we're done with you. We're squashing you. We're done. Two and oh, goodbye. See you later. Bandits move on to the finals. And you can say what you want about the Toronto rock. And like, we've, we've, we've said our piece on them on this show. We really haven't harped mm-hmm. on them too much, no. but, you know, personally, I thought that, you know, the Bandits would go in there on some 2019 type of stuff and stomp them, you know, but credit to them. They stayed in every single game, in every mm-hmm. single minute. You could tell that they that they wanted it. Just the mm-hmm. Bandits wanted it a little bit more. 
That's what you could right. I mean, Toronto was out there battling. It wasn't a complete blowout or what felt like a blowout in 2019 in the semifinal game because the score in that game was 12-8 Bandits, but it felt like it should have been 17-8. I mean, let's all be honest with you. If anyone who was at that game in 2019, it should have been. I mean, Nick Rose was making some great saves, but it felt like the Bandits had way more scoring chances than the Rock ever did in that entire, in that entire game. And it started off of the first minute where the Bandits, I think it was Frazier, scored the first goal in that game, and they never mm-hmm. really looked back since. That's so, right. You, you know, you got to I, – I hate The Rock, but you got to give them credit because they really showed up and they showed out this series, even though they did not win a game. Yeah, especially with guys like Schreiber and Hellier and, and Craig and, uh, and Mans. Mans has been like – an unsung hero for Toronto, the way how he's been playing the last two games. Yeah, who would have um, thought? Who would have thought? Secondary scoring has been helping them out as this past game, trying to keep it close. Like, but the funny thing is, um, like Rogers has been shut down. Craig really has been shut down. The only guys that they really had was Schreiber and Hellier. Those are your two main guys that still produce the points. But if you lock down half the battle. That's what tells you right there, folks, is that you basically won the war. You chipped away at their at their uh, at their flank, and you just got in the, the source right at the heart of the Toronto, and you just shut them out completely. You won the war, and it wasn't a massacre. I mean, there were casualties. If you if you want to talk like a you know like war vocabulary, yeah. there were casualties on both sides, mm-hmm. but the bandits were the ones that were kind of stumbling at the end, but still came out on top uh, victorious. It's almost like a you know, WWE all the time match where they're both guys are bloodied, busted open, but then you have the guy at the end who can barely stand holding up that world heavyweight title. I mean, it just kind of reminds me of something like that, but you know, hard fought battle between both teams. And if you look at the three stars, I mean, this obviously proves our point in this game too, Mm -hmm. you know, hard fought battle from both sides. Star number three, number 22 on the field, number one in your heart. Mr. Josh Burns scoring two goals, getting six assists, tallying eight points and staying out of the penalty box. Star number three for him. Tom Schreiber with the Toronto Rock was star number two with a hat trick, two assists, five points. He also stayed out of the box. Uh, And then star number one. I mean, you got to give credit. What did we say in the pregame show that he needs to be on his A game? And we obviously gave him all the confidence that he had to. And we we had all the confidence in the world in him that he would show Mm -hmm. out. Number 48 on the field, playing 60 minutes of, of playing time, stopping 42 shots on 51 attempts. Matt Vino Vince is star number one. And I really couldn't think of a better player to get that. I mean, Josh Byrne getting eight points is great. We love seeing Josh Mill make plays and scoring goals. But you got to give star number one to the best goaltender of all time. Yeah, Matt Vince has definitely proved it time and time again to every hater, every doubter out there. Like, every time we go to a game, why aren't they changing him? He seems like he's losing it. I don't know. You don't lose faith in your guy. You don't lose faith in your number one. And Matt Vince has been the number one goaltender ever since he has been put in the uniform of the Buffalo Bandits. And you know what? Folks, you can say what you want. You're rightful to your own opinion. But in honesty... When it comes down to the bitter end, Matt Vince, you want as your goaltender on your side, believe me. And Matt Vince has proved it time and time again. And like I, like we said before, all respect to Nick Rose too on a spectacular way to try to keep them in the game. And, you know, just the series alone proves their point, how these two guys clash, but they are so respectful as team as uh, lacrosse players in the end. And you know what? That's really sportsmanship folks. And, and you got to like 
say, you know what? Yeah, I got to agree with you on that. So I can respect that decision. So guys, again, Matt Vince, like we said, he locks it up. It's over for the opposing team. There's nothing getting by the man. Yep. So have faith. Keep your number one guy in mind saying that Matt Vince is the guy. So, and he is the guy, especially which, for the men in orange and black. And which, and which goalie would you rather have in the game one of the finals going into this? Would you rather have Matt Vince or just some other goalie from the NLL? I mean, I'm going with Matt Vince all day. And mm-hmm. I think this performance that he put out there on the field he saw all your tweets. He saw your Facebook posts about Matt Vince and how he's losing it. He saw that and gave you guys the middle finger and said, here's what I'm going to do in game two. And we predicted it. We, I think, I think we both did that. He was going to give up 10 goals or less going into this one. And what yeah, did he, we give sure up? Did. he gave up nine goals. He gave up nine goals on 51 shots. I'd say that's a pretty solid outing from one of the best goalies to ever play the game. I actually have it right here, buddy. I have our scoring predictions. You said it was going to be a 14-12. I said it was 13-9. 13-9, yeah. So you you So not bad. Not bad. I was close. I was kind of hoping for that 13-9. Then you're not like really – your heart's not really pumping like as fast. You can be like, okay, we're good. We're good. We got that four-goal victory, so I'm good. (laughs) But, nope, it came down to like that last second, and I was like, oh, God, games like that are going to give me a heart attack. And I think, you know – Despite having great goaltending from Matt Vince, you got to give credit to some of the Bandits' secondary scoring. Looking mm-hmm. at the score sheet, Buchanan, 217 into the first, then Byrne, then Fields, Cloutier scoring goals, Dane Smith scoring goals, uh, Cloutier scoring another power play goal, and then you see guys like Frazier scoring goals. I mean, the secondary scoring was in full effect, and guess what, Tony? The best of all, they stayed out of the freaking penalty box. Yeah, they needed to because against Toronto, especially at their home crowd, you know that could have been flipped the other way around and it could have been 10-9 Toronto or even worse. But thankfully, they kept their composure, they stayed disciplined, and they protected the guys at the right time. And that's why there was really not a lot of calls made. They just knew they better get in there quick, diverse the players to their respectful benches, and then just go right from there. And again, kudos to you guys. That was a well disciplined game, even though you had three penalty minutes, technically speaking, but there was, uh, I think there was more penalties, but they only credited for just the three, but again, guys, good job. Really bravo. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, like you said, I think there were more penalties, but they were offset whether, whether it was a four on four type of play. So there's only three power play opportunities for mm-hmm. Toronto in that game. Good for the bandits. I mean, if you're going the box, might as well take a rock player with you and still have it yep. be like even strength type of lacrosse. Um, when you go into this upcoming game, game one, I want to see packed stands. I want to see the key bank center filled with orange and black. I want to see 19,070 fans there. 300s packed, the bull seats packed, the 200s in the suite level packed because the bandits are 3-0 in the playoffs. Guess who's lost a game in the playoffs? The Colorado Mammoth. And they lost to a San Diego team that was projected to get swept, Like, and the games weren't even supposed to be close because we all know the Colorado <clears throat> Mammoth. As Bandit fans, we all know what the Colorado Mammoth type of games are. They're hard-hitting. They're very close. And sometimes the Mammoth come out on the winning side, and sometimes the Bandits come out on the winning side. So after a big, close victory in Toronto, I think the Bandits are overdue for a blowout victory. We can get into more of that in game one, but – you got to take it game by game. And that is exactly what they did in this game too against the Toronto rock from the first Ontario center in Hamilton, Canada. So they're the Hamilton rock. 
<laughs> yeah, well, like we said, it takes one game at a time to do the job right. And the strategic ways of Johnny T and uh, their game plan and their team efforts and everyone following him and just doing what they do best is that they work together, they'll win games together, and this is what proves it. And we swept. Get the brooms out, boys and girls. We swept the Toronto Rock. We swept They're our done. younger brother. They yep. become rubble after what we did. Yep. That's what we can say. They become rubble so we can Ruins. sweep away all the pebbles on the ground. Okay, here was a rock. The uh, Toronto yeah, Pebbles. The Toronto <laughs> the Pebbles. Toronto pebbles. <laughs> yeah, that'd be it. That is fantastic. The Toronto Pebbles. So, guys, enjoy the offseason while you can. Boys in orange and black, we are not done yet. Jobs just jobs just getting one started. More to go. Jobs just yeah. getting started. So I mean, no more. Sh- I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, look at this like a preseason game. Look at the two games against the Rock like a preseason game because this is what you guys have been fighting for all season long. This mm-hmm. is the end. Just finish the job. That's it. This is the end. Got to just go in there and just think. Eat, sleep, drink, lacrosse, guys. This is what we've all been waiting for. It has been, let's see, 14 years that we've won the last time. I think we're well overdue for another. I want to see the fifth banner raised in KeyBank Center. This is our time, boys. Let's get it done this weekend and then the following. And listen, 2019 was a great Bandits roster. But they have, they have upgraded tremendously. I mean, we Huge. lost some, we lost some great players like Thomas Hogarth. We lost Corey some other Small. players like that. Corey Small, uh, Sean Evans, who would never pass Jordan the ball Durston. to anyone. Jordan Durston. Um, and this was Johnny T's first year as a head coach. He was with Richie Kilgore. Mm-hmm. It was a good team. But now you have guys like Tahoka Nanakoke. You have defense that is out of this, like defense that would put the defense in 2019 to shame. I mean, absolutely locked down, shut down defense. And 2016 was a good team too, but mm-hmm. they were really lacking on the defensive and goaltending side of things. This is a different team. You just need to go in there and finish the job. Just know that you're a different team. And don't let you know what happened in 2016 and 2019 happen again in 2022 because I, we all know how they felt after that game. Dane Smith has a championship as an outdoor lacrosse player. Same with McKay, same with Byrne and Frazier. Cloutier, I believe. I think they all play for the PLL Chaos. They know mm-hmm. what it's like to win outdoors, but they still can't say that they know what it feels like to win on an indoor side of things. And Johnny T, as a head coach, you you bet your ass that he wants to get a ring as a head coach. He already has four as a player. He wants to get one as a coach. Absolutely. So just go in there, finish the job. Look at these Toronto games, game one and two, as the preseason of what's truly the games that truly, truly, truly matter. This is what we like to call the revenge tour, ladies and gentlemen. The last time we faced a championship team in Colorado, we lost in 2006. 16 to 7, or 16 to 9, I think the score was. That's correct. And do you know what I'm thinking is that this is the perfect moment to do it right here, right now, this championship round. Things have changed. They've gone from single elimination. Now it's a best of three. The key thing is, you want to win at home. Endo story. Yep. And then you march into their territory win and on you their declare turf. victory. You raise the flag of the orange and black and we put the flag in the ground. Victorious. Yep. Let's go. This is your time. You've earned. You have fought. You have bled. You have sweat. This is your time. Don't do it for just the fans. Don't do it for the your friends and family, but do it for the hard 
effort, working, grinding, whatever you want to call it for you guys that have been beaten down. You've been playing games. You've been on the road. You've been doing all this shindig and you just go in there. You play with the confidence that you guys have been doing every single game. You have never quit on any level this year. That's exactly the mentality you guys got to go into this following round is that you do not give up. You stick together like glue and you work together as a team and you guys will raise that championship trophy at the end of the season. Believe me, it only matters in weeks, uh, boys and girls. We are only a few weeks away to find out if the boys in orange and black who have worked their tails off this whole season get to raise a championship for the fifth time in team history. You know for a fact that we're ready to do this. You know we got the tools. We got the goaltending. We have the defense ready. We have the offense that's stacked. We have the best coach and the, I think still by far the best player in all of lacrosse land, and that is Johnny T., you know damn well we are ready to fight and we're going to fight to the very end. And I have a feeling in my heart and in my soul that we are going to win this year. It's and that's it. I can't. I just can't. Absolutely. Can't. See, Let's Mike drop. He's gone. Mike drop. He's gone. That's all you need to say. That was a great monologue. And I think that the bandits going into this game, they know how to they want to pick up their city, I think, is number one. They want to pick up their city after what happened a couple weeks ago, and that's a huge motivation going into this one. They want to just pick up their city any way that they can. And the fact that they do have the tools, like you said, they had the tools to beat Toronto. They had the tools to beat Albany before that. Let's just take Colorado game by game, stick the, stick the flag in the ground, claim our territory in game two, sweep them. And it don't even give us the idea of a game three, just go in there, win back-to-back games, go five and zero in the playoffs and win the freaking title. It's all I care about. And I think we need to get into our player of the game for game two of the Toronto rock game. So I think for what I need to say here, um, since I did the first star last time, I'm not going to give my player of the game to Matt Vince, but I'm going to give it to Kyle Buchanan. I think this dude jumping out of the gate right away, um, two seventeen into the first quarter, just never looking back. He was the guy that said, I'm going to take the ball down the field, score first, get these fast starts going. Obviously standing up for Dane Smith, underrated hero, but also player of the game, Kyle Buchanan. Yeah, definitely. Number 91 is, like I said, he may be small out there in the field, but trust me, his game is big and you do not want to slow this guy down, especially the speed, the accuracy, the hand-eye coordination that Kyle Buchanan brings to the table for these guys. And he is going to be a big part in this next series coming up, folks. I've got a feeling he may even turn out to be having a five-point, maybe six-point game here and there, depending on if they give him the ball and the more he shoots. I got a feeling he might do razzle-dazzle goals like Chase Fraser does or Uh, or Chris Cloutier when he finally gets them sh- uh, shots on, on net. But Kyle Buchanan also is that, that, that missing link. I think we've been like trying to get to the speed and the accuracy back into the lineup. And he brings that. So very good choice. I like that pick. Extremely underrated too. I mean, he's an underrated hero. I think Kyle Buchanan is definitely going to be a lead contributor and he's going to make some serious noise. Like you said, in this upcoming series against the Colorado Mammoth. Absolutely. Um, My player of the game, it's definitely not one of the stars of the game either. I have to still stick with Dane Smith. Mm -hmm. Dane Smith 
is the fact that, you know, ever since that last game uh, against Toronto, when we lost at home, he has been turning it up. He's like, especially against Albany. And then the very two games, not as many points as Josh Burns had, because Josh Burns has really picked up the, the scoring for him and getting that weight off his shoulders. But when Dane Smith needs to score, he does. When he needs to get uh, the assists, he'll become a playmaker like no other tomorrow. And believe me, folks, he himself is a leader for a reason. And Dane Smith definitely is my go-to player of that game. Absolutely. So I got I got uh, Kyle Buchanan. You got Dane Smith. Mm-hmm. We're going to have the preview coming up for you guys Friday, the day before game one of the Colorado Mammoth series. Huge series. I mean, this was a team that I'm like, ooh, we're facing against Colorado. But you know what? We don't have any control of what happens out West. So we just have to take down the obstacles that are in our way right now. And guess what? It's not San Diego. It's not Calgary. It's not Saskatchewan. It is Colorado. And this is a team that we haven't met in the final since 2006. This is when there was just one game winner takes all, but best two out of three gives you a little bit more room for error, but you know what? We're not even going to talk about error at all. We're, We're talking about the bandits lifting up their city. We're going to talk about the bandits, beating their opponent, taking it game by game, goal by goal, face off by face off, step by step of the way. And, you know, if there was a time that the Bandits were to win a championship, looking at 2016, 2006, 2019, or right now, I would absolutely tell you it is right freaking now. Let's go, boys. This is all you. This is what, like I said before prior, I have to not repeat myself. For folks of you who have been listening all season long, don't go anywhere. We still have games to still broadcast. And our good boys here from Trevor Hauer and myself, we are not done yet. Just We're like the leaving. boys in orange and black are yep. not done yet either. Let's get this done in two, boys. Let's sweep the playoffs. Let's get this done. Bring the championship home and we'll have a parade celebrate. And let's get this out of the way that we've been long waiting for that we are going to be now known as the five-time National Lacrosse League champions. Let's get this done one game at a time, boys. Win at home and go stomp them back in Colorado. And also, how great would it be the first year of this show's existence, we go out and win a championship? I'm not going to say that it's our doing because it's obviously the guys on the field doing it, but Mm -hmm. I think that we'd be, you know, called the good luck charms that we're covering (laughs) this team and we're doing that. That would be awesome. The first year we're on the air doing this thing and they go out and win it and then they turn into a dynasty. That's the ultimate end goal. But guess what? You guys, the job is just getting started. Nothing has ended yet. And I've been seeing that on a lot of social media posts. Ian McKay, Dane Smith, Josh Byrne, Chase Frazier. Not one post about the victory in Toronto. Not one. Because you know what? They know that the job isn't over. They know that they have Colorado a big leap because this team, like it or not, I mean, ooh, this team gives us some headaches sometimes. Similar to the Toronto Rock, but guess what? We took them down. So now let's 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 clear this headache. Let's get rid of the Colorado Mammoth. Let's embarrass them at home in game one. Once again, we'll go over this more in the preview, but I want to see some embarrassing stat lines as far as the Bandits whooping Colorado going into this game one because they have the tools, they have the motivation, they have the best coach, best goaltending in the league. That's it, bar none. Tenfold, we have the best team in the league. No excuses. The job has just begun. Yep. So guys and girls that are listening in and have been listening in all season long to our podcast, we want to say again, thank you. Um, 
Our next show is going to be pre-gaming on June 3rd. That is Friday this day before game day on June 4th. So we'd love to hear some feedback. We'd love to hear your thoughts and uh, see if maybe there might be a few changes here and there about the way we do things here. But also, we want you on the show. Yes. Please chime in and, like, come on board, and we'll get you on and see how you think about the game or what you expect to see the next following one. So, guys, girls, please. Ask and you shall receive. You will be on the show and get Zoom right now, too, by the way. 100%. Um, and I think I, – I couldn't think of a better way to say it, but Bandits over the Rock, 10-9. This job is over. Move on from this game. Win or lose, we always move on to the next game. Next game. Next game. Game one, we'll, we're going to come with that preview on Friday, so don't go away. We're not leaving, similar to the guys in the orange and black. We're not going anywhere. We are not going anywhere. Look at that logo right there. We're not going anywhere. So I think with that said, mm-hmm. man, it's 10-9 victory over the Rock. We're going to the finals for the second time in the se- in the consecutive full seasons of NLL lacrosse. With that said, with, and all due respect to the Toronto Rock fans and the Colorado Mammoth fans, but as always, let's, let's go, go Bandits. Bandits. Let's, let's go. go. Let's go.